While Huff, Fassett, and his team were arranging to get themselves smuggled onto the passing convoy, his brother Duke and his team were on the same station trying to figure out how to get onto the Imperial Naval Base in the nearby system of Dramacia. On Duke's team was Viv Ebbs, a Sulliston medic, Raka Sindal, a Grand Saboteur, and Aelor Sundown, a human spy. They determined that their choices for getting onto the station included smuggling themselves on a ship, hiring a ship to smuggle them over, or hijacking a ship. This was going to be a potentially more difficult task than Huff's team had. Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc, and the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. Today we begin with Duke's team of commandos who have been sent on a mission to infiltrate an Imperial base that is developing a secret weapon. Duke's brother had confiscated a starfighter with information about a secret program, so it will be up to Duke's team to learn all that they can about it and act on the information they gather. The undercover team gathered where missions often begin, the bar. Viv had gone immediately to it. He enjoyed drinks a little more than a doctor probably should. Aylor and Raka arrived next, and they scanned the room. Duke got there last. He had stopped to purchase some equipment they might need. Once he was inside, he handed it out. Elor chastised him for handing out items in such a public place. He held up his hands in surrender and said, Geez, babe, don't be so sensitive. We might need some of this. Viv Ebbs nudged them, both to tell them to keep their voices down and because he had determined their marks. A pair of young male pilots that seemed as eager to hook up with someone as to make money. Viv had secretly listened in on them and found out that they ran deliveries for the adjoining star systems, including Dramacia. He told the others this, and Elor told everyone to step back and watch a professional. She made herself up to look as pretty as she could, then made her way over in the direction of the pilots. Elor pretended to bump into one of them, then, in her apologetic state, pretended to realize they were pilots. She acted enamored with their profession, and how exciting their lives must be. They told her of their wild adventures, most of which were clearly made up. But Eller didn't let on. She kept eyeing Duke at a nearby table. He raised a glass to her, impressed at how well she was handling the guys. At last, having them just where she wanted them, she straight out said, You're going to smuggle my friends and I onto that station, and you're going to do it tonight. One of the two men repeated, We are going to smuggle you and your friends onto that station, and we're going to do it tonight. It was an eerie power Aylor had, one she had used since she was a child. She didn't know how it worked, but she figured men were just weak-minded, especially once they had a couple drinks in them, and as long as she had made herself look decent. At any rate, it had worked, and the men were under her proverbial spell. They were to leave in an hour. The operatives gathered at the station's docks, and the two mercenary pilots got them loaded inside a couple crates they would be taking to Drumasia. In the dark stillness inside the crates, they felt the ship slow, 
Then a high, whining sound was followed by a jolt, and they knew they were in hyperspace. The operatives whispered back and forth to one another between the crates, making sure everyone was okay, all of them wondering if the pilots were to be trusted. Eller said she was pretty sure she had entranced them. Think pretty highly of yourself, don't you, babe? Duke said. Elor, who was in the same crate, said firmly, Don't test me. Everyone fell silent when they felt the ship land. They could hear the shuffling of droids and machinery accompanied by echoing voices outside the ship. They all got their hands ready near their weapons, their legs ready to pounce. Then Duke and Elor felt jolting as their crate was lifted and transported out of the ship's hold. They could feel it being turned, then driven somewhere. There was a slight bump as they seemed to go into a separate room. They each pointed a different direction ready no matter which way someone came in. Then they felt the crate thud onto the ground, and they had to muffle their own grunts. Outside, they heard the forklift that had carried them back out. Then another entered, lowered another crate, then backed away. All the rebels were silent, waiting for more. They heard a droid bring something small in and set it down, and they heard the clanking of two pairs of stormtrooper feet pass by and exit through a doorway. Soon after, they heard the ship they had been transported in pull out and fly away. They all knew they couldn't wait too long. Imperial officers would soon be going through the crates, so they opened up and sneaked out. They found themselves in a storage room just off the side of the main hangar. The door to the hangar was open, and they could see officers going through crates that had been loaded into the space station. The officers would soon enter their room, so the rebel operatives had to move quickly. There was one other door out of the room, so they got Viv Ebbs and Rockasindel out, and quickly, but quietly, slipped through the door. They found themselves in a corridor faced with two directions in which to travel. Duke pulled out the hand scanner and got a very basic bearing on the surrounding area. He found that the nearest computer hub was toward the right, so they started in that direction, trying to remain hidden as best as possible. The scanner alerted them when a life sign was near, but it wasn't until they were close. As such, they had a warning just before one of the officers came out of a room. They were able to duck into an adjoining room just in time. Inside were a few more officers, and they hadn't seen the operatives. The four rebels sneaked past them, exiting the other side one at a time. Elor was last, and she got cut off by an officer who thought something was strange about the door being open. As he walked up to investigate, Elor took a metal rod that was in the room and smashed the officer over the head, knocking him unconscious. They now had limited time. Someone would find the officer eventually, so they hurried toward the computer room. They arrived at a minor control room separating the computer room from engineering. One engineer officer was there, and upon seeing the rebels, he pulled his gun. Elor and Raka shot him down instantly. They then hurried to the computer room, fearing that officers inside might have heard him. Raka, however, being an engineer, saw that the doors were soundproof, and assured them no one inside would have known what happened. They set themselves up, then hurried in firing. They took a pair of officers and a stormtrooper by surprise. They all tried to fire at the rebels, but Duke and Raka got their shots off first. Elor and Viv hurried in behind and tried to close the door to mask the sound, but the battle was almost over before they had a chance. Anyone hit? Viv asked. Those poor bastards on the floor, Duke responded, referring to the Imperials. Elor didn't take out any time for levity. Soon the whole station would know they were there. She needed to get the information they were seeking, find a shuttle, and they needed to get off the station. She sliced into the computer system with her Black Ops data breaker and went to work trying to locate the databanks where fleet disbursements and information was stored. Not much time passed before Elor learned that the information she was searching for could only be accessed through the control center, which was near the middle of the base. 
However, she did learn that the super bombers were indeed on the base and in all the hangars where they had not landed. The one in which they did land held the shuttle, which would be their escape. Rocka volunteered to go to the nearest hangar to find out how many super bombers were there. Duke agreed as he quickly stripped the stormtrooper of his armor and put it on himself. What are you doing? Elora asked. Duke told her he was going to go into the control center. You start messing around in there, you'll get yourself killed. You're too short for a stormtrooper. Aylor scolded him. Are you going to do it? he asked. Aylor thought a moment, then put up a map of the area around the control center and said, I have control of alarm systems here. I'll set an alarm to go off on the opposite side of the control center. That should empty out some of them. You go in in your outfit, then take them by surprise, backed up by Viv. I'll lock you into the control center, and you can get the data you need. Everyone dispersed, heading out to their individual missions. Rakasindal got to his destination first. The nearest hangar wasn't far, and what he saw made his heart sink. Looking out over the bay from a second-story window, he could see nearly a dozen super bombers. If there were three hangars full of these, they could do a lot of damage to the rebellion. To make matters worse, engineers were finishing filling the ships full of fuel, and pilots were milling about on the floor. They were going to launch soon, and deploy at targets around the galaxy. He called the others on the comlink and told them what he saw. I think we need to blow it up, he finished. Duke was still going into position, but he whispered in his helmet, It'll be difficult to blow up all three hangars. No, Rocka said. I think we should blow up the entire station. Everyone was silent at this. This went far beyond anything they had intended to do. That exceeds mission parameters, Aylor said. I have to go with Miss Buzzkill on this one, Duke said. This is the one time they're all together, Rocka said. We let them go, they'll spread all over the place. We get them now, we make a huge blow to the Empire. Aylor checked the information, and it did seem that this was where the super bombers were assembling. They very well might take them all out if they destroy the base. We do that, the Empire will know we're here in the sector, Aylor said. No more lightly guarded bases. The spotlight will be on us. Duke was outside the control center now. Assaulting it for information would likely be seen by the Empire as a standard raid that could have come from anywhere. But destruction of an entire station, that would draw in Star Destroyers and put their new base in extreme danger. Do what's right for the Rebellion or what's right for their cell? That was the question before him. I'll need to set the thermal detonators at the power core, Rocka said. I saw it earlier. It's across the hall from the computer room. Should we do it? Aylor asked. Duke thought hard about what was going to happen, then said, Go for it. Rocco returned to engineering. He entered with his gun drawn, surprising the officer and engineers inside. He took down an engineer, then the officer who had already fired at him. The last engineer set off an alarm, then fired at Rocca, missing. Rocca fired back, taking the last engineer down. He then looked around engineering for the best place to set up explosives. He found it, and set up all the thermal detonators that they had. The officers, finally responding to the alarm, entered the same door Rocca had. Now they had the drop on him, and they fired, pinning him down behind some cover. He fired back, but was firing wildly, unable to hit anyone. Meanwhile, Duke and Viv had been waiting outside the control center. When Aylor set off the alarm on the opposite side, Duke gave it a moment for all the stormtroopers to empty out. He then went inside. There were still more officers than he would have liked, but there were no stormtroopers, and it looked like only a couple of the officers were armed. Duke took note of which ones were. After a few moments, Viv came strolling in, calling out, Who made the house call for the doctor? 
Two officers pulled their guns. Duke already knew who they were, and he shot them down. Viv had his gun ready, and he pointed it at the officers, making it clear they better not make a move. Duke took cover, watching over the officers from a higher vantage point, while Viv hurried to the main tactical computer. He brought up all the Imperial Naval information and downloaded it onto his data pad. Rocco was pinned down under heavy fire. They took out one piece of cover after another, and he kept backing up. But he had run out of space. His back was against the wall. He had the detonation device to blow up his explosives and to destroy the station. It would kill himself and everyone else in the unit, but it would also take out the super bombers. And if he didn't do this now, the officers would probably disarm the bombs, and the super bombers would likely spread throughout the galaxy. He had a heavy decision to make, and he had to make it fast. But then Elor appeared behind the head officer. She knocked him unconscious. The other officers, surprised, looked around, and then hurried for cover. Elor shot one down, and Raka shot down the other. Come on, she said, disregarding Raka's thumb hovering over the detonator. They hurried into the local control center and started toward the hallway. They were cut off by three stormtroopers. Raka and Elor hurried for cover, getting behind it just in time. A firefight ensued, neither one getting the advantage. They were once again pinned down, and more stormtroopers were likely to come. Then Duke and Viv appeared behind the stormtroopers, gunning them down. Elor and Raka joined them, and they hurried out together. They made their way back to the hangar where the shuttle was. As expected, they came upon resistance. However, lucky for them, the stormtroopers were sparse, and they had mostly officers to contend with. They got close to the hangar when they came upon more officers and droids. They took cover as best they could. Raka kept his thumb near the detonator just in case. He saw that they were beginning to be surrounded, and knew that if the reinforcements piled up, they wouldn't be making it out of there, and he was determined to take the Imperials down with him. Duke and Viv managed to clear the way to the hangar, and they hurried toward it, Duke providing cover fire behind them. They made it. Once inside, they took their positions, Duke flying and Elor watching the sensors. As they lifted off, Elor's face went ashen. They're powering up the super bombers to pursue us, she said. They were still backing out of the hangar, and they weren't clear. But Duke shouted, They can't escape! Blow it up! Duke then flipped the ship around as quickly as he could and punched the thrusters. Raka pressed the button, and a moment later, a distant boom was followed by a shake of the ship. And a moment after that, the entire base erupted in flames. Duke used everything his brother Huff had taught him to get every bit of thruster power out of the shuttle, and they accelerated. The yellow and orange blast enveloped them, and they were covered in flames. The heat penetrated their skins, and they all waited for death. But Duke had already told the computer to make the calculations for the jump to light speed, and it had just made them. The rebels were pressed back into their seats, and the ship jumped away, escaping the deadly explosion they had caused. Duke returned them to Fieldy Station, where they recovered the General Maydine, then returned to the rebel base. There, they reunited with Huff and his team, who dropped off half of the supplies they had stolen. The other half they held on to. They informed Commander Cloudman that they learned their destination was a secret Imperial base on Deminol. Felina suggested that if they delivered their load, they could find out what was hidden there. Cloudman agreed, and they continued on to regroup with the convoy they had been traveling with. Cloudman knew they would need an extraction team, so he sent a second group to the same planet that would gather information about the Imperial military dispositions in the sector. This team was made up of Duke, Puckfakok, Elor, and R5-D6. They were supposed to take an Imperial shuttle, but Duke took the General Maydeen instead, certain he could sneak her onto the planet. They were to accomplish their own goal, then get both teams off the planet, something Duke was certain they could accomplish. 
This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody! Happy gaming, everybody!